Even when you try to maintain a healthy diet, it can be tough to get all of the nutrients you need for long-term health. Care of makes it super easy and even fun to figure out what vitamins and supplements are best for your diet and lifestyle. Go to takecareof.com and take a short quiz to get your personalized vitamin recommendation. Use offer code AMR at checkout for 50% off your first month of vitamins. Hey everybody, it's Sarah. Before we get to the meat of our show, wanted to let you know that we have chosen a second book for the AMR Running Reading Club. It is Downsize, 12 Truths for Turning Pants-Splitting Frustration into Pants-Fitting Success, and it's by Ted Spiker, who you might know as the um, author of the Big Guy blog at runnersworld.com. And we are going to be hosting Ted Spiker, the author, in mid-November. So I wanted to give you a heads up that you, uh, if you want to take part in it, you could um, read his book before then. And we'll be fielding questions for Ted on our Facebook page on November 11th. And now on to the podcast. Welcome to another Mother Runner. This is Boston qualifier Sarah in Portland. And who else? You have someone else there. And I have a very special guest. Yes, I do. I have my BRF Molly Williams here with me in the studio. Yay. And lowly old dimity out here in, in Denver. I didn't qualify for Boston. I don't have a friend here. I have a fly flying around my office. Is that, is that, give, Gra- is that grab, that grab him by the wings. Find out what the fly's name is. Exactly. <laughs> Did you qualify for Boston? Can you fly me to Boston? Oh, to be a fly on the wall. Oh, exactly. So, so welcome, Molly. Thank you. It's so nice to be here. Yeah, so excited to have you both. I, I am just chomping the bit because I can't wait to hear about your races. And I haven't really heard much about Sarah's. And last I heard, Molly, your knee was keeping you out of the marathon. But now I heard you ran the half. Yep, I sure did. And the knee, was, the knee was fine. So it makes me wonder if I could have run the marathon, but probably better to have not done it. Yeah, yeah. So it started what, like uh, eight days before the race, your knee started um, piping up. Your good knee started piping up on you. Yeah, two weeks. Um, so we're doing the twelve mile run. Uh, I think we were doing it separately. You know mm-hmm. that one where we ran into oh, yeah, each yeah, other on the run. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, on the way back, we got about mile eight. And I was like, oh, this feels kind of funny. And then the next day, it felt a little more funny, and then a little more funny. So. I self-diagnosed myself with um, patellar femoral syndrome, mm. uh, runner's knee, and uh, saw a PT who agreed. And basically, it's uh, weak glutes causing the patella not to track properly and um, rest and rehab. So, you know, I'm, I'm doing fine, doing fine, probably good. I didn't uh, uh, do the marathon and aggravate the inflammation because then I might not be able to run with you, right? I know, and- right. So so we had a talk. I, uh, um, I called Molly up and I was like, you know... Um, I think I think it's probably the best move that you not do the marathon. You know, she'd already thought made that decision pretty much on her own. But then I said, and selfishly, we have a whole winter of running together that I want to still have work out. So I was worried that if you did the marathon, maybe you'd be sidelined from from day to day running. Right. And I have lots of things to complain about. So, you know, I need to have this time <laughs> with you to get it all out so that I can be a, a functional member of society, <laughs> not there annoy everybody else. Right. Yes. And uh, and then also um, your daughter, your oldest daughter lane ran the marathon so you already had one williams doing the marathon so Mm -hmm. you you took on the the vestige of doing the half so yeah yeah and she did great didn't she she did she oh my gosh we just have to say what lane did so she's an 18 year old freshman at oregon state university and she followed the train like a mother own it plan 
And wow. yes, she Ambitious did. Ambitious little fresh legs. Yes. <laughs> and she had never, so Lane had uh, never done a race longer than a 10K. That's right. Never done a half marathon. And so she, and I said to her, and, and I mean, she was doing training r- runs faster than I was. Oh, yeah. And so I said, um, as we're heading to the start line, I said, Lane, do you want to, you know, I'm going to be starting at nine minute miles. Do you want to run with me? Said, oh, no, 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 no. I'm going to go much slower than that. And she said she was doing 10 and a half or 11 minute miles for the first half. And then was like, oh, I'm going to pick it up. She picked up to nine minute miles. It's like, mm-hmm. you know how dim how we say like, oh yeah, just pick, you know, to do a negative split, you just need to pick it up a few seconds per mile. <laughs> or, <laughs> or two minutes a mile, you know, it doesn't matter. 90 seconds to two minutes, one or the other, you know. And then the last two or three miles, she was doing 830s. Yes, she did her last two miles. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So, wow. So she, Good for her. Yeah. And so she, mm-hmm. I mean, by by right after the race, she was like, oh, okay, when's my next marathon? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So a lot of enthusiasm. I, you know, um, uh, I was thinking that I'm pleased that I get to run my next marathon, Philly, in six weeks. I'm pleased that I get to run it slower than I ran <laughs> Victoria. Victoria, yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Wow. Wow. So, that's uh, great. That's, that's a really mature thing to be able to run a marathon at 18 and then want to do it again. I mean, that's, mm-hmm. you know, I, if that's a, she's got a lot of, uh, got a lot of mental toughness. I yes. think I said to her, right. When we, uh, when we got separately, like lined up for the race, I turned to her and I said, I admire you greatly lane. And as I walked away, I thought that was the most awkward, like fully formed <laughs> sentence ever. <laughs> <laughs> and that's a little odd. I mean, then you give her like scary, creepy eyes. Like, uh, I, might, I might come visit you later, Lane. Um, anyway, anyway, well, we're not here. Well, we're here to talk about Lane, but we're really here to talk about the Victoria Marathon and the Half Marathon with you guys. So, I mean, I kind of just want like a blow by blow. Like, so did you guys go over the ferry together on Friday? No. So we. Um, so. Jack and I made the decision to just go the two of us. And so we went over on Friday and you take the ferry from a a charming town called Port Angeles, which is um, west of Seattle. And you take a a 90 minute ferry ride to right into Victoria Harbor. But Molly took her, she, the entire clan went up there. Yeah. So we had uh, Lane and then our other two daughters, Lucy and Ellie, my husband, my mother and my Mm mother-in-law. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We all went oh, up. you brought the family, mother runner family man. Wow. Yeah. yeah. And everybody competed in something uh, except for the, the two mothers. But John the walked two the half mothers. and then Lane and or Lucy and Ellie ran the, well, completed the 8K. Let's put it that way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so and uh, and you all came over on Saturday and then you left on earlier ferry on Monday. Yeah. And Jack and I stayed until the three o'clock ferry. So, um, yeah, because last year when we did Vancouver, we you and I headed back the same afternoon, and and like I don't know a month later, you're like, you know, when we do Victoria, we're not doing that. We're staying until Monday. And on um, Sunday afternoons, I was just lollygagging around. I'm like, oh, I'm so glad Molly said we should stay until Monday. We were a little slap happy coming home from Vancouver, weren't we? <laughs> we were. We were going through customs, and we're like, yeah, we ran the marathon. See, we can prove it. I'm like, uh huh. Okay, go. See ya. Bye. No, really, really. Let's get our time done. Oh, you want to see our Medal with medals. <laughs> right. Okay, okay, so you're there, and what was, and so what was the weather like? Oh, well, and so they had, there had been, you know, as we talked about on the podcast before the race, there were predictions of, you know, that, that the vestiges of that typhoon that hit uh, uh, the Baja Peninsula down in Mexico was going to make its way up the West Coast, and it was going to be rain and, and chilly, and oh no, it was uh, overcast skies, but it was in the 50s on race day, and actually it was warmer when, so the 8K started at 7.15, the half marathon started at 7.30, and then the marathon didn't start until 8.45. 
Yeah, can we talk about that for a second? Because I sent out your, uh, like, I put up your linking, your your tracking thing, mm-hmm. and I kept being like, okay, Sarah, let's see your 10K split. Okay, okay. <laughs> and then I finally went back to the website, and I was like, it starts at 8.40. Like, what, do the Canadian marathoners need to sleep in or what? I mean, that's the latest start time I've ever heard no, of. No, it was, and well, but no, 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 because it's the same Vancouver marathon started at 8.45 as well. So it, it's it's not 8.30, it's not 9, it's 8.45. <laughs> What's up with that? That must be like a Canadian like regulation or something, right? I, I, I do not know. know. And so, I mean, it was nice that the other races got started earlier. So when the marathon started, it was just us. And there were only, um, I think they were expecting 2,100 and fewer than 1,600 finished the race. And so I like that it was a, a pretty small field. I mean, it was... It was not crowded at the start. It was not crowded at any point during the race, but there were That's always great. enough people around. But so, yeah, so it didn't start till 8.45. So, um, so I had plenty of time to do some lunge matrix and warm up beforehand. <laughs> and um, Hit the, hit the porta potty more no, than oh, the No, 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 did not. Uh, so uh, we were not, uh, Jack and I were not staying near this. It wasn't super near the start, but I walked about a mile to Molly's family hotel and then use the bathroom at like, I don't know, 8.30. And in the, I don't know, 90 seconds it took to walk to the starting line, I'm like, Lane, I think I got pee again. And there was a line for the porta potties. And there's this kind of drapey type of um, evergreen type little tree. And she goes, <laughs> she doesn't even pause. She goes, go pee behind there. <laughs> go pee under there. And I'm like, okay. And, she, and I'm like, and I start walking. She goes, go pee under there. I'm like, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. Okay. <laughs> and I think she was trying like, yeah, my mom's told me you'll do this. <laughs> we're, we're a family of peeing in nature. So. <laughs> right. so I went under there and uh, dropped trout. And then good old Lane ran interference. She like stayed on the other side so that if anybody walked by, they'd probably be like, oh, look at that cute college student. Not like, you know, oh, look at that mothered runner showing her butt off in front of everyone. <laughs> so, uh, so anyway, so yes. I got to say though, I... I was incredibly, incredibly nervous at the start. Um, yeah. And, um, and was not feeling like usually I just have adrenaline just coursing through my veins. And I did not have adrenaline coursing through my veins. <laughs> I knew that I had a, um, uh, a lot of work ahead of me. And so uh, Bree had, the, our coach had gone through very specific race plan with me. And the race plan was to stick to nine minute miles for the first half marathon. And I did almost exactly that. I mean, it was, you know, 859, 901, 901, 9, 9. <laughs> just like, That's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but none of the, you know, usually I'll feel like I'm running a 9 and I look down and I'm doing like an 810. I'm like, nope, I feel like I'm doing a 9 and I'm at a 9. <laughs> so, um, so I guess that was good. I wasn't burning out and definitely thought about Dimity um, you know, some verbiage that you picked up from Bree, which is, you know, you only have a set number of matches and you don't want to burn your matches out too early. So, you know, a couple of times I would look down, you know, at my soul ace and be like, oh, I am going at an 820. I'm not impressing anybody by going faster at this point and I'm burning matches. So, um, yeah. So anyway, so, so, so with the first, so, and so did you guys run the same course for the first 13? Yeah. Yeah. So, so Molly, you so talk what was it about... like Molly? Was it hilly or was it? Uh, it, it's a beautiful course. Um, started off through the downtown and then you take a turn through, um, Beacon Hill park, which, which had a hill. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> As per its name. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. So that was annoying. <laughs> and he kept going around Beacon Hill Park. He made like a figure eight a or figure something. Eight I'm like, was... good Lord, we are never getting out of this park. I'm going to do 13 miles right here around this hill. And it was kind of confusing too, because there were like runners coming up. And then you're like, well, well wait, am I one of those? Yeah. Like, where are they? Yeah. You know, are they ahead of us or behind us? Or And the, the long, the marathoners are going to take a long period of time started before the regular marathon marathoners so then they were coming up i mean i was like kind of confused as to who everybody was but anyway yeah yeah, yeah. so because yeah they have an early start i think the course was closed the marathon course i think was closed for five and a half hours and if people thought they were going to take longer than five and a half hours or if they just wanted to get a jump on it because mm-hmm. they don't want to wait till 8 45 they could start at what well, i don't know six, i think that's another reason you had the 8 45 starts because they just had all these different starts yeah, I don't know. So there's there, even, I think uh, there was a woman who wrote in on our Facebook page who was also running the marathon there, and um, and she was nervous about making that five thirty cutoff, but. Mm-hmm. She said that you can't do the early start unless you were going to finish an over 5.30. Like, you can't just go do the early start and run a four-hour half marathon. Really? Because I find, four, I four find that told, I don't, I believe that that is what she was told, but I think there's a lot of people who just fudged. Because yeah, there were up. there were some people, because we saw them, you know, it was a, part of it was an out and back, and I was like, oh, that dude is so not a 5.30. I mean, he was, like, just blitzing by. I think a lot of people were like, you know what, it might get hot later, it might start sure. run, raining later, like, I'm just going to start earlier. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. So anyway, so back to Molly. So after so you leave Beacon Hill Park, you're and you're never getting out of Beacon Hill. Never so getting out of Beacon Hill. Never get out of there, Molly. It's still there. It's still there. No. Eventually, we did make it out of Beacon Hill, and then we, they swung you down to the waterfront, um, which was absolutely gorgeous. And it was a. I mean, it's just right there by the harbor, but it's a part of the island I'd never seen. And um, you know, there's like I don't know some historic homes along there, mm-hmm. and there's um, a breakwater that you can walk out on, and then that went out a ways and into a beautiful neighborhood and flowers were blooming. Mm-hmm. The gardens were absolutely gorgeous. Of, yeah, it was so fun because I was talked later to Molly's mother and I said, oh, I saw this home that had the most gorgeous dahlias and Molly's sitting next to me. She goes, oh, I saw that too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, no wonder you guys have been running friends <laughs> <laughs> your dahlias. Oh, and historic homes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, um, and for those of you who don't know, Victoria is the capital of the uh, British Columbia, which is one of the provinces of Canada. And it, uh, Victoria is on Vancouver Island, which is a very large island. It's uh, 200 and I think um, 35 miles long, to maybe 245 long and 60 miles wide at its widest. You and should it have is, that kilometer, Sarah. I know I don't because I, I could only, I'm not good at mem- remembering numbers that don't relate to my race time. So I, was, I really could only <laughs> register one set and it is um, west of Vancouver. It is um, so, and it is not attached by any bridges. Do they have miles and kilometers on the uh, so race course, or was it just kilometers? It was mostly kilometers. They had some in the in the. They have a really wonderful. Um, I have to say, the race is incredibly well organized. They give tons of information in a pamphlet that or a booklet that comes with your race packet, and they said they would have mile markers in the marathon every five miles. I did not see them, and they also said they would have a sign that would say one mile left to go, and I did not see that either. I did see that one. Oh, you did? Okay. Mm-hmm. I was just in, I was in the zone. I was um, going to say, you were just had your head down yes, and you were going. But um, I got to say um, that I loved having it marked in kilometers. I really liked it this time. I was totally confused. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea where I am. <laughs> well, also because a lot of the course was out and back, and they would have um, flags, these big um, flags for um, 
uh, going out. So it would say like 17 kilometers. And then on the other side, it would say something like 28 kilometers because you'd be coming back on that side. So then you'd be kind of like, okay, wait, are you counting down now? Are you counting up? And so it was hard, a little bit hard. And then at one point during the race, I didn't know whether it was 42K or 43K. And as, uh, as I was debating that, there was um, some medics bicycling um, along past me. And I said, hey, is, is it 42 or 43K? And they go 42. And I was like, sweetness, one less <laughs> kilometer to run. <laughs> so, yeah. So, and then, and then you all finished, we all finished up right by the parliament building, which mm-hmm. is a, an enormous, just an enormous, gorgeous structure because Victoria has kind of, um, some colonialism feel to it. It has a little bit, it has definitely has a British, um, it's, it's very proper place seeming that, you know, and there's an enormous hotel there called the Empress, which is just gorgeous. It's a Fairmont property and it's, um, just massive. And, and I don't know, I feel like in the States, you don't see all that many huge buildings. And so to see a huge fancy building to me feels very posh and European. Mm Mm-hmm. Very finish line-ish. Okay. So, so Molly, back to your race. So you're, so you're running on the waterfront and, how are you feeling? Like what, like how'd your race go overall? Oh, it went well. Um, you know, I was disappointed I couldn't do the marathon and uh, up until uh, picking up my bib, I was still debating. Um, so I wasn't really sure how to approach it since I'd been training for the marathon and I'd been thinking um, to go at about a 930 pace. And that's kind of what I was training for, for race pace. And so if I was going to do the half, I thought, well, I should do more like a nine. So um, I started off um, feeling like uh, I wanted to run too fast, so I kept slowing myself down for the first half. So I kept noticing I was above a nine-minute mile and slowing myself down. And uh, I was just past left and left and right. I mean, usually I, you know, kind of seed in and I'm, I'm sort of, you know, stable. But everybody was yeah. just zooming by me. I was like, oh, what the hell? But, <laughs> That's uh, not fun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I thought the the Canadian uh, racers were well-seasoned. Um, you know, mm-hmm. they knew how they wanted to run their race. Um but uh, I felt pretty good, and then I got to the halfway point and uh, was still feeling good, and I thought, okay, I can go a little bit faster. So then I, I sped it up a little bit, and um, yeah. Did she, ran, she ran a 150. 155, 55. Yeah. Wow. So yeah, that's yeah. great. Yeah. yeah, and the knee was fine. So And then um, I'd say a lot of times I start passing people at about mile three, you know, like the people that went out too fast start slowing down. And I didn't really start passing people until the last mile. So again, I think well seasoned racers and sure. Oh, oh, three miles out before the finish line is what you're saying. No, I usually start passing people three miles into the race. Oh, wow. yeah, because oh, okay. yeah, <laughs> the race, the races okay. I go to, people are going out way too fast, and I'm like, okay, see you later. But Portland, yeah. Portland runners don't know how to run. No, I'm just I, kidding. Well, don't you know, quote me on that. Don't quote me on that. <laughs> yeah. Well, so yeah, so just talk a little bit about. I mean, because I really felt for you when I heard that your mm-hmm. knee was was bumming you out, and I was like, wow, because you did all the training. I mean, it's not like you got hurt in the middle of training. It's like you did all the miles. And now you're not going to be able to run. I mean, how did you kind of mentally handle that? I, I whined and complained and felt she very did, sorry for myself. She, had a two, she gave herself a two-day pity party. Yes. Mm-hmm. Good. Yeah. 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 And uh, but but we we put a positive spin on it, didn't we? That that you that we said that at least you got to do all the training, so it wasn't like yeah. You Mm-hmm. Absolutely, and and really, it, it's not about me. It's about Sarah, <laughs> as we've established. I spin was that oh, you got to still run with Sarah this winter? And I'm like, wait a second, wait a second. <laughs> it's this song from Book of Mormon that <laughs> really resonates with me and mm-hmm. me and Molly, and it's uh, uh, you and me, but mostly me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we can do it together, you and me, but mostly me. 
are gonna change the world forever. But yeah, so, you know, we made it, I made it through the, the training, and that really was, uh, if I had to choose one, that would have been what I wanted to choose. And, uh, and, and this particular race was really not about me. I didn't have any particular goal. It was all about Sarah making her thing. Um, she had this great training plan with her coach, and I was following along with Sarah's training plan with her, you know, hiding behind the bush, reading the, <laughs> the training plan. <laughs> Wait, what am I supposed to be doing? She's coming down. <laughs> exactly, and not you know, but uh, it was. It's all the training plan is too much for me. I I can't. I couldn't do it. So I was uh, scaling everything back by thirty minutes, about the middle of the plan. That's thirty seconds. Thir- yeah, <laughs> thirty minutes. Yeah. <laughs> right. As, as Molly said to me before the knee thing, she goes. So you know, since I've scaled back all the paces by thirty seconds, I'm going to finish thirty seconds behind you, right? <laughs> Sarah laughs a, at all my jokes. Molly yes. <laughs> That's another reason we're friends. I, just, I do the stupidest things and she laughs. I'm like, oh, isn't it nice to have a friend? Oh, I'm so glad I'm endearing to you. Yeah, I know. Exactly. Well, have, you done, have you done a marathon before, Molly? I can't remember. Yeah, this was my, this would have been my third marathon. So I did Your the Port, one. Yeah, I did the okay. Portland Marathon and the Vancouver Vancouver, Vancouver, yeah. Vancouver, so, but, and but you had to drop out of uh, about halfway through your training for your first marathon when you trained for Portland 2010. You stopped because of your other name. Yeah, yeah. I tore my meniscus. So yes, took a little and bit. so then you ran Portland in 2011 when you had the funniest line ever, which is I jumped in. That was when I was coming off my plantar fasciitis, and I jumped in around mile 18 or 19 with you and ran probably five or six miles. And you turned to me at mile 23, looking fresh as a daisy, and you said. I'm just doing this so I don't have to cook dinner tonight. <laughs> no, she thinks that's a joke. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, do you think you're going to go back and try try 26.2 again? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, at okay. some point. Yeah. Well, I mean, even that evening at dinner, we all had all um, the, the two Carnies and the entire Williams family had um, – dinner together that evening and even then you were talking i mean lane was putting you up you're like she was like mom you're totally trained you know why Mm -hmm. don't you just go do another race and uh you know i said oh come to philly with me Mm -hmm. (laughs) oh you should you should no it's it's a (laughs) little ways away it's quite a distance away from portland it is it is but and you should know you probably know this you probably a physical therapist told you but weak glutes are you know the bane of the mother runner i mean you are not alone in that situation i mean that's Mm -hmm. that's half the Half the injuries I think that we hear about are can somehow be linked back to butt muscles not firing properly. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure that you got some good exercises and stuff, but obviously get that get get your badass going all badass before you <laughs> before you try 26.2 again. Yeah, I'm doing my physical therapy exercise. I did them today. Uh-huh. Uh, my butt is on fire. <laughs> <laughs> you're at nine minute miles you know mm-hmm. two a t and mm-hmm. you hit 13.1 or mm-hmm. oh uh, except that know, except that 21 so kilometers i um so i did though uh one of my goo breaks took longer than i had really hoped it would so one of my miles was at 925 so i knew that i had um you know lost some time there so and then i uh, my half split was 159.01 and the plan, Bree had told me that at that point, at the halfway point, I could make the decision whether I was going to drop down five, five-ish seconds per mile or whether to wait and make a move until mile 16. And here is my, what, how I worked it. That I told myself I wasn't going to make the move until 16, but I knew that I would do it at 13. 
but I just had to mentally give myself the space to think, oh, I'm not trying to go faster. I'm not trying to go faster. But I tell you that I definitely in the first half of the race looked down on my soleus pretty much every mile to make sure that I was on pace. And sometimes within the miles, I'd look down to make sure I was on pace. I barely ever looked at my GPS after the halfway point. And I, um, because so that, so that whole, the thinking of, I'm going to give myself until 16 till I really have to take it off. That's just, it's a, it's a, a way I ease my burden. And it's, I do the same thing, whether I'm peeling potatoes or whether I'm raking my lawn, like I tell myself, I only have to do like half of it, or I only have to, you know, I don't have to get faster until a certain point, but I really know that I, that's just, I'm just making excuses that I'm just, I'm really going to do, I'm really going to rake the whole lawn or I'm really going to, you know, you're, you're chunking it up. I mean, I mean, it's not, it's a little bit of a different spin on it, but you're like, yeah, you're like, you're just, it's just a mental tactic. It's Oh yeah. It's a total mental tactic. So I told myself, and also at that point I realized that around 13 and 14, I, so I wasn't feeling exceptionally great at 14. And I knew that it was going to be close. And, you know, because I wanted to to qualify for Boston because I have a, a milestone birthday in March of 2016. And that that's the, I'm, uh, you know, was aiming for Boston 2016 because um, the registration for 2015 is already closed. And so um, I knew that to qualify as for the 2016 race, I quote unquote only had to run under four hours, but I also knew that now that there's so many people applying that I had to qualify by at least 90 seconds or more to be able to actually get in. Because, you know, as, as you well know, I mean, Grant, how many, how much did he qualify by? And then he didn't make it in. Mm, He was also in that 90 second. Yeah. He, yeah. Yeah. He didn't make it. Um, Yeah. yeah, No, it's definitely happening. That's for sure. I mean, you definitely, it's not, it's not that qualifying time anymore. It's, it's that qualifying time minus two or three minutes because, Mm -hmm. and you know, who knows what it'll be in five years. It'll be that qualifying time minus five minutes, you know? Oh, right. Right. So that, so I knew it was going to be close. And so I knew that I really had to, to, you know, turn it on. And so I just, I mean, I don't know, four, four, mile 14 and 15 for me were like the, okay, you know, I can either accept that I'm not going to make it by enough or I'm going to have to push and really go big. And from then on out, I mean, I, I, you know, I just kept telling myself, you know, go big, see how big you can go, see how big you can go. Um, and I had heard a story on NPR that I tweeted about, and it was about, um, positive self-talk especially among women and that if you use the third person it can it can oftentimes be far more effective so i pretty much referred to myself in my own head as sarah the entire race (laughs) uh, sarah's gonna go big how big can she go oh yeah oh i mean sarah is awesome sarah is strong sarah is strong and i thought a lot about laura from our ragnar team who just adore her. She was in my van and, um, she's all about, um, the hashtags and, um, and so that was her video to get into the Ragnar team. And so, but she had dubbed me during Ragnar. She said that instead of, um, Bowen, the B in my name should stand for badass. And so she called me Sarah badass Shay. And I can't tell you how many times I repeated Sarah badass Shay, Sarah badass Shay, Sarah badass Shay during the race, particularly the second half of that race. Wow. And so I thought that, um, and there was, it was, I don't know if this, Molly, tell me if this is true in the first half, but a lot of the people, um, had signs that say, you got this. 
and I don't know why. Like hmm. I don't it's I don't know, maybe that's like a Canadian thing to say to people, but um so there were a lot of signs that said, You got this. And I every time I would see those, I'd point out I'd go, I sure do, or yeah, oh yeah, I got <laughs> Sarah this. Sure does. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And um so um so, I thought you were gonna say that you, you I thought you were gonna get all the grammar girl on me and go, You it should be you've got this. No, 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 no. <laughs> so you got this. And um so, and then the other mantra that I really pulled out was, um, so the day before on Saturday, Jack and I had gone strolling around and went into this jewelry store and there was this, um, uh, designer, uh, jewelry designer spelled P-Y-R-R-H-A. And I assume it's pronounced Pura, maybe, I don't know. And, um, it, it's this really intriguing jewelry. It's a, a Vancouver, um, Canadian designer and, uh, they're made, they're, um, pendants made out of. Since 2011, BarkBox has been committed to making dogs happy. For humans, BarkBox is a delivery of four to six natural treats and super fun toys curated around a surprise theme each month. For dogs, BarkBox is like the joy of a million belly scratches. BarkBoxes include all-natural treats and innovative toys to match a dog's unique needs, including allergies and heavy chewer preferences. Not a phrase I say every day. Dimity's dog Mason, an energetic Weimaraner, is eagerly awaiting his first BarkBox. Dimity let BarkBox know the breed, size, and even name of her dog, as well as the all-important chewing preferences. And now, on the 15th of each month, a new box will get shipped to Mason. Each monthly box is themed, like Country Fair or Brooklyn Hipster, with new and unique toys to keep dogs engaged, interested, and happy. If your pooch doesn't like something in the box, BarkBox promises to send something they'll love for free because BarkBox is all about dog happiness. Choose a plan. One, six, or 12-month plans are available. Cancel any time. Free shipping in the continental U.S. For a free extra month when you subscribe to a six- or 12-month plan of BarkBox, visit BarkBox.com AMR. That's BarkBox.com AMR. Woof! Thanks to StoryWorth for supporting our podcast. StoryWorth is a subscription service started by a fellow who wanted families to be able to share their memories and anecdotes with each other. Here's how it works. Purchase a StoryWorth subscription for someone you love, and each week, StoryWorth sends that loved one an email with a question about his or her life. The person either replies with his or her story via email or records it by phone by calling a StoryWorth number. After a year, the stories are bound in a lovely hardcover keepsake book. My husband Jack and I gifted StoryWorth to his dad, and we're especially looking forward to hearing his tales about going to medical school in Dublin, Ireland, which is where Jack was born and spent the first four years of his life. Then we'll share the book with Jack's siblings. For $20 off, visit StoryWorth.com AMR when you subscribe. That's StoryWorth.com AMR. Um, using 19th century wax seals and then they have all like for what they stand for and the reason i really noticed it was because they have a whole game of thrones line and molly loves game of thrones so i want to remember it for her and so but they have all these cards for you know what this little bird with a little shrub above it or a sword and or i guess it's a dagger and the dagger one it said courage without fear and i really really liked that phrase and so i wrote it in my phone and i just thought so much i would just lift my head and look forward and think courage without fear courage without fear so wow wow well so okay so 14 and 15 so i mean so those were like what was your hardest mile or was it just hard from 13 on out 
Um, it, well, it was, oh my gosh. So the day before, day before the race, I said something to Jack about like, you know, oh, I'm really, you know, I'm really stressing. I'm really nervous. I know, you know, I'm going to have to go hard for four hours. And I keep trying to tell myself like, oh, it's only four hours. I have a 24 hour day and everything. Jack goes, well, maybe it's not going to feel hard. And I was like, yeah. Maybe it's not going to feel hard. And then as it's happening, I thought, oh, he totally doesn't know what he's talking about. <laughs> but that was like that was like the salve I needed on Saturday to just be like, yeah, maybe Jack's right. Maybe I'm trained so well that running, you know, nine minute miles won't, won't be hard. Um, oh, no, it was hard from the moment we started. Uh, you know, I, I definitely had to push. You know, I mean, I, I don't I didn't I didn't. Uh, it 14 and 15, I don't know, from 13 to 15 was the make or break point for me of the marathon. It was the part where I could have just been comfortable doing those nine minute miles and never tried to see how big I could go, or I could push harder, see how big I could go. And I, cause I didn't want to finish in 358 because I thought that would, you know, which a 159, if I'd done the exact same for the second half, it would have been a 358. And I was like, mm, that's not enough of a cushion. I got to see how much bigger. And so um, Brie had thought I could go between 355. Did I, was I saying one? I meant three. If I was saying one, I meant three. So anyway, so 350, she thought I could go between 355 and 357. And, uh, you know, so 357.45 or something, not exactly 357. And, um, so anyway, but I had also had a conversation with um, my the young man who grew up across the street from me, who I think I bragged about on a previous podcast, who just finished um, the Portland Marathon in two hours and 35 minutes. Um, <laughs> and, and so I had picked Paul's brain, and I had said, well, Paul, how much did you hurt during that time? He thought about it, and he's like, huh, hurt. And he said that his legs hurt in the second half. And I said, well, how about your breathing? Did your breathing hurt? And he said, no. You know, I, and I said, well, on a scale of, you know, one to 10 on the exertion schedule, where was your scale? Where was your breathing? And he said, well, around a five. And wow. so, so for, yeah, <laughs> love you, Paul. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so during the race, I, I occasionally, you know, kind of ran the systems check and tried to feel where I was on the, and like, am I going hard enough? Is this too hard for me? And definitely my legs didn't hurt. It was my breathing that was, my, it was my cardio that was, that I was like kind of that at was, a seven. That was your limiting factor. It was, it was, uh, yeah. it was at about a seven for definitely the, the particularly from 15 on. Yeah. And... I noticed that about you when I run with you, like you, yeah, it's funny. I think we're the opposite. Let's go figure. But like if my body hurts, my physical body hurts before my organs hurt. And I think uh, we're opposite. Uh huh. Huh. You know, it's my back and my legs hurt, you know, when right. I'm trying to pick it up. It's not, I, I feel like I could, you know, I could but breathe. It, it wasn't deeply. until though, um, I got, to, uh, at one point I stopped at a water station and, um, took some water and I was like, oh wow, my legs just <laughs> don't, don't feel great. And I felt pretty dizzy and I thought, I just got to get moving again. I got to get moving fast again. And yeah. so, um, Brie had also reminded me, you know, about the, um, being able, you know, she had taught us sometimes had me count steps during the, some bits of training. And so she had said, oh, sometimes going into a water station, pick up your steps before you get there. It'll, so it'll buy you a little time, but it also preps the body to then get picked up, pick up again fast right afterwards. Cause that 925 in the first half of the race reminded me that I could lose some serious time, you know, taking in my gels, taking in some water 
And yeah. so, um, so I definitely, Dimity, are you ready for this? Are you sitting down? You might need to sit down for this one because I actually was in motion when I took in the majority of my gels. Wow. <laughs> I was just about to ask you. I was just debating whether or not I should ask yeah. you. Because and- I'd be like, Sarah, okay, so at what point do you have to say, I cannot stick to the old system anymore and I must be flexible? And I'm so glad to hear that. Why? Oh, d- so- d- oh, my God. You, sometimes I think you just don't understand me at all. Like, I totally always am accommodating on the fly when it comes to race day. Like, I mean, I have a, I have a plan. Well, you, well you, not when you're racing with me. You didn't, you have never taken a gel on the fly with me ever. You, we, yeah, we but that's because we're, we're, we're running, you know, we're, running, we're running a race to just have fun. So, I mean, like if my plan is to take a gel at mile 11, I'm going to walk at mile 11, you know? All right. Well, so that's my only, how would I know any different? That's my only. You could read the blog post. <laughs> What? You can read the blog posts. Um, so anyway, so no, but I definitely, I realized that 925 kind of put the fear of God in me. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to take in a gel or, or I, oh my goodness, I um, ripped open a bag of chomps. And before I got it, I was like, please let me be able to open this. Like, am I going to have to hand it to like someone at a water stop and be like, can you open this for me? And so I just ripped it open. Thank goodness got it out. And then just started like using my teeth to get some chomps out of the bag. And so, because I thought, oh, chomps are awesome because I can chew them and I don't necessarily have to take in liquid with it. Mm-hmm. So, um, so then I was able to get some more fuel and, um, oh yeah, I mean, I was, I, I then, you know, so I t- was taking in goose every four miles and then, but a mile 18, I was like, oh, I got to go a little bigger here. I need another goo. So, so that was actually the last time I looked at my GPS was at mile 18 and I, um, saw what my pace was and I was like, oh, okay. And again, I had knew that I had lost some time from that gel. So I said, I got to pick it up. I got to keep pushing, pushing, pushing. And I was passing people like there was no tomorrow in those last eight miles of that race. I mean, it was, that's awesome. It was crazy. It was crazy. I mean, it was just, um, and, uh, it was the, so I ran a negative split. My, um, final time was three fifty six fifty four, and uh, my fastest mile of the entire race was the penultimate mile was the second to last mile. And I ran a, I didn't know it till later, but I ran an eight thirty five. And, um, yeah, because Brie had told me in the, you know, the call we had, uh, the Thursday before the race, she said twice in the call, she said, Oh, I had a dream the other night that you ran your final mile in seven thirty two, And even when she told me that I was like, did she really have that dream or is she just trying to like subliminally plant that idea in my head? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so I wasn't able to pull out a 732, but I pulled out an 835 and I was pretty psyched and and it was all by feel. And so, and then um, just, uh, it was really cool, you know, so then when it was two kilometers, I'm like, okay, I even chunked up that. I'm like, okay, just get through one kilometer. And then uh, there were, there were not many photographers out on the course, but there were a lot toward the very end and I was definitely doing a big smile for them and like getting good form and everything. And when I saw the one with like one K to go, I thought to myself, Oh, Sarah, you got way too much energy for that photographer. Like you got to lay some more down on the course here. Like, wow. like, like empty the tank a little more. Cause you're, you're playing to the crowd a little too much on that <laughs> photo. So, um, so, but I mean, I, I, um, I kept the hammer down. I mean, it just, I, pushed and pushed and pushed in that second half of the race. And it was it, the rep, my three fifty six fifty four is exactly to the second, three minutes faster than my Boston qualifying time in 2010. 
um, one wow. that, but that four was, years later. That's awesome. Yeah, and and also they've they've tightened the restrictions, so that's why I was able as a younger person to qualify with that slower time. But but it also um, you know I mean there was a part of both Bree and me that thought maybe I'd be able to PR at this race, but that would have been going more than four minutes faster than I did. And certainly since Sunday, I've debated whether I could have gone four minutes and maybe 20 seconds faster. I, I don't think I could have, but um, I'm more proud of this race. I mean, this is this is the race I'm most proud of that I've ever done. Um, That's great. And Congratulations. Thanks. Yeah. And I just, um, you know, I really felt like, I mean, you know, uh, Molly saw me with one mile to go and I said, uh, um, you know, she you were going to hand me some, Oh, you wanted some noon, but then you didn't want it. At yeah. That right. Point. Right. So I saw, and then, but I'd carried a washcloth from the hotel the entire way. And like at water stations, I would ask the volunteers to pour water on, or I'd pour some water on it myself. And so I said, can you take this <laughs> to, to Molly? And she took the washcloth. And, um, and I said, uh, this miles for, I'm running this mile for you, Molly. And, this um, is really sweet. <laughs> And, uh, and then uh, and I, I told her, I, I told Molly, I loved her and I ran off and I was like, oh, she didn't seem all that excited that I told her I was going to run this mile for her. <laughs> and I was like, maybe I went too big on that one. <laughs> no, no. You, you were very much in the zone. Uh-huh. And I, I thought about running along with you, but it, it didn't seem like that's what you wanted. And you, you just seemed like you needed to go. Yeah. You, you looked tired. Uh-huh. You looked like you could do it. I knew you could do it, but you were very much in the zone, emptying the tank. When you finished, um, uh, my mother-in-law, Jody, said, you looked awful. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. She said, oh, Sarah just looked awful. Really? Yeah, because you were I so tired. I saw you coming across the line. I, your stride was definitely not... Uh, well, Jody doesn't... Not the loosest I've ever seen, yeah, I'll say yeah. that. <laughs> Jody doesn't know, you know, running from skipping from walking, but, uh, you know, just physically, you uh-huh. were, you totally left it all that's, out there. that's a good sign. Absolutely. I mean, that means that that shows that you did it. Yeah. Absolutely. Tank, and that's what, that's what I said to her. I said, oh, that's great. Good. She looked awful. She left it all out there. I, I expected that's the way she'd look. Okay. Yeah. Good, good. And I should mention that... Um, Jack was out on the course and Jack was supposed to meet up with me in that the figure eight Beacon Hill part of the course. And he wasn't out there. And because when I left the hotel room, he was still asleep because I was walking over to meet up with Lane. And I was like, OK, I could be pissed at Jack for, for standing me up or I could just keep running. I just thought I'm not I'm not going to waste any energy being mad at him. But then he ended up seeing me out there five times. Um, wow. Yeah. And he um so he was um, very exuberant, always by the side, but he wasn't doing much of the go, champy, champy, go call, you know, which is what I love. And um, so, and he handed me uh, a bottle of noon twice, different bottles, handed me. And, um, but you would love this to me as so I'm running up to him at one point. I'm like, take a picture, take a horizontal picture. Looks better on the blog. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so he's like fumbling with his camera and, and uh, running to try to get ahead of me. And um, then it turns out that he had it like some weirdo filter set on his phone. So all of them look like they're sepia tone. And um, that's like the one that you are you sitting in the harbor. It right? is. I was like, what's up with that? Yeah, yeah. 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 Like, why is it so like nuclear winter looking in Victoria? <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and so anyway, so but this is classic Jack. <laughs> that, that OK, so um, uh, here's a little background. And I think I've told this story before on the podcast, but um, bear with me. So when I had Phoebe, I had to push her four and a half hours. And so, you know, that's a little excessive. And But at the um, hospital, Jack slept, spent that night after I had Phoebe, spent it sleeping on the, um, they have these huge window seats at the hospital. And it's where, you know, partners are supposed to sleep. 
And but I guess there was like air conditioning, like pointing at his neck, so his neck really hurt. And so the week I came home from the hospital, he griped about his neck hurting so much that he ended up going to the doctor. And I'm like, I got stitches in my hoo hoo, and you're complaining about your neck. And so anyway, so then after the race, so Jack was like, so he'd gone out to a fair, he'd gone out to the the water, um, the, you know, near all those pretty homes that Molly was talking about. He was out there. And, you know, and then he like had to hustle back to the finish to see me and everything. So he figured that he ran about a total of 12 kilometers, um, covered about, I should say covered about 12 kilometers. So guess who was griping and limping all Sunday and Monday? That would not be me. That would be Jack. And he's like, well, I, I covered 12 kilometers. I'm like. I just qualified for Boston, Sonny. Like, <laughs> but he didn't get to Carboload. <laughs> <laughs> there wasn't an aid station. Yeah, right. So, uh, yeah, he'd eaten too many oysters instead of pasta beforehand. So, <laughs> I just was like, "Really, Jack? Really? You're going to complain about <laughs> being a well, spectator?" He wasn't trained. He wasn't trained. Yeah, know? yeah. So anyway, but it was so. But one great thing that Jack did. So the um, Bree, and I promise I will stop talking eventually. Um, Bree had um said for me in the starting corral to be ahead of the four-hour pacer. And so I positioned myself specifically ahead of the four-mile pacer. And as I said, I was going nine-minute miles. Well, that four-hour group passed me within like the first quarter mile. And I was like, whoa, you guys are going out a little fast, I think. And so, so that, I mean, I couldn't see them probably from a mile and a quarter or a mile and a half on. I mean, they were gone. And so... But Jack didn't know that. So for the whole thing, he's seeing this four-hour you know, guy carrying the four-hour sign with this herd of people around him. And he's yelling at me like, they're only 300 meters ahead of you, bubble. And I'm thinking, they're going out way too fast. Like, I'm not worried about them. Like, I'm running my race. I'm running my race. I'm supposed to. Well, that pacer just fell apart. And he ended up not finishing with his group. Oh my gosh! And oh no! That's and awful. he and I mean, his group kept carrying on pretty strongly. I mean, this guy he stopped to walk. He like had put down his his pacer, you know, little the sign that he has. Oh my goodness, that guy was in serious hurt. Hmm. And I just was like, dude, you went out way too fast. And so, but Jack, I've. He was like, you know, they're right there. Go get them. Go get them. So I'm like, all right, fine. I'll go get the four-hour group. And I do have to say that I think him egging me on helped helped me so that that, yeah, was, oh, good. that was good. Yeah. So, um, but then good. I ended up passing all the four-hour people. And, and um, I definitely, I had a lot of things to say to people when I passed them, like encouragement. Like I didn't say the same thing every time I passed them. I improvised. And so, you know, I was like, you run such a strong race. You know, stay on it or we got this. Or like there was a guy who was wearing a... 2015 Big Sur shirt, like as in I got into Big Sur and I'm running it next year. And I was like, come on, Big Sur, we got this. We so got this. He looked at me, he's like, no, you got this. Go on. And (laughs) and only one person said, oh, you too. Like everybody else looked at me like, hey, crazy American lady, why are you yelling (laughs) at me? Canadians are a little bit more reserved. I don't know how many Americans were there, but. (laughs) They most certainly are more reserved. And I did see two Oregonians out there. I saw one guy in a foot traffic shirt, and then I saw another person with a Portland Marathon shirt. I was like, yeah, Portland Marathon. They're like, (laughs) ah, Portland. But when you're in races, do people ever talk to you? Because, I mean, I know you talk to everybody else, but I I don't really have that experience. People don't go by me and say, woohoo, hang in there, fatty, you almost got it. (laughs) 
that I like to do. I mean, it makes the race more fun. I think. Well, to do and, it, you and, know, and as I've always said, I mean, I I say out loud what I want to hear. So that's mm-hmm. why I was yeah. like, you but know, people do talk to you, and Dimity, they talk to you in races. Yeah, I mean, I'll just say good job or something like that when I pass them, and they say thanks. Yeah, I mean, that happened a lot in Ragnar. People were very thankful that I said good job. But I mean, you know, it just depends, you know. But and I said sincere things to people. I mean, oh, I, yeah. when I would pass people that had been running exceptionally strong, mm-hmm. or like one woman. Um, you know, started to walk and I was like, no, 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 stay strong. You have been killing this race. And, um, she was like, huh, oh. like <laughs> nothing. So, um, yeah. So, um, do people ever say stuff to me on rare occasions? They say something to me. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, um, oh, but they, then they I usually do... ask me how tall I am. <laughs> <laughs> right. um, and I do, I do my effort or my staying strong. It's like, wow, how tall are you? <laughs> um, and then I do have to say that. So when Jack, you know, when I, when he was MIA in the first half of the race, there was this wonderful mother runner who was out there who I, she saw me probably at like mile one and a half or two. And she was like, yeah, Sarah, go. And then I saw her again, and then a third time, and I was like so appreciative. And but after the second time I saw her, I thought, "Oh shoot, I didn't say thank you to her." So then the next time I saw her, I was like, "Thank you for being out here." Yeah, no, she she wrote it on Facebook, I think, or something. She did, she tweeted me, and so she said, "You know, oh, I was one who was stalking you during the race." And I just during it, I thought, "Well, Jack's not out here, but that mother runner's out here, and I'm so excited <laughs> she's out here for me. We, we stick together. We stick together. Yeah. Meanwhile, back at the home front, you know, so they were tracking, we were tracking you live, uh-huh. and so your, your, your 10K came up, your half marathon came up, and they had you on pace for a 3.58, and then nothing. 30k nothing and they tell you what time that you we should be expecting you for the 30k in the finish like what Mm -hmm. clock time Mm -hmm. yeah time of day and uh and just nothing 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 and i'm like oh my gosh oh my gosh where is she and i'm like you know so i'm like okay you wait a minute you wait two minutes you wait three i'm like she she like she didn't just quit i know she didn't just quit like what Mm -hmm. is going on and so finally i texted brie and i said what's you know what's going on she's like oh don't worry you know live trackers are notoriously unreliable and i was like Mm -hmm. she's like i'm not worried and i'm like okay if you're not worried i'm not worried (laughs) and um and then like later then then we got in a conversation about iron man kona which i (laughs) talked about on last week's podcast um uh because uh anyway and so we did that and then um and then she went in and looked at other people's times that were around you uh-huh. and they didn't have a 30 K time oh. either. So huh. I was like, okay, okay. I'm really whole, you know, I had texts coming in from people like what's going on and <laughs> tweets. And I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. Tra- Tra- air you know? traffic control. You're like, yeah, I don't yeah. know. I've lost sight of that plane. I don't know where it went. <laughs> <laughs> Somewhere over the Malaysian yeah. ocean. No, oh my goodness. That was bad. But um, anyway, yeah. So, um, so it was really, you know, so it was kind of, fun it was unexpected you know i mean so then to, to have you finish because then it says your finishing time mm-hmm. which you know at that point we were making dinner because you guys started so late i'm like come <laughs> on sarah let's finish this race um so anyway so it was very cool to have you come in and then and then i'm like tweeting back and forth people when you call me and i'm like that was very odd because i felt like you were in this like other planet like just i know gone, you did you sounded you know? very surprised when i called you and i was like yeah um why wouldn't i have called you <laughs> I, don't, I don't know you've never called me again like i've never had you you call me after a race this is just going off of experience. no i called you after big sir remember you called and you were like because you thought i was just showboating when i said that um or that i was putting a good face on it. you were, i was like no, no I, i'm really happy <laughs> no but no well i remember calling you after port no i called you i remember calling you after portland and you oh. were not you didn't like you were like yeah whatever i did it 
I was um, like, okay. That's because it was so wet that day. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh. yeah. Um. Yeah. No. So I. Oh, I mean, I was just so ex- so excited. I was bummed I couldn't get Bree on the phone, but um, but uh, no, I was I was very excited, and I felt really good when I crossed the finish line. Like I'm surprised that I didn't look good because I was all pleased because you know after when, after I set my PR, I was stumbling across the line and had to be helped after I crossed the line. And um, this one, I just was like, look at me. I'm walking normally. I'm not limping. Like, um, you know, I um, and then I was very excited because then I saw a lot of people that I'd kind of been in the thick of the race with. And I mean, they came in like, I don't know, 10, 15, 20 minutes after me. So, um, well, you ran a very, very smart race. And that that, you know, that's a great lesson for all of us. I mean, I know it was hard, but it was it was smart. It was smart. And that's, you know, that's how you, that's how you get what you want, you know, mm-hmm. when it comes to a specific time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Courage without fear too helps. It's with courage without fear. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Cause I had, a, I had a lot of fear and I gotta say that, um, having, um, having the faith of mother runners who had tweeted me or who had mailed me cards or, you know, emailed me or whatever, it meant the world to me to, to know that. And I thought about it during the race. I thought about, you know, Laura thinks I can do this. You know, Kim thinks I can do this. Melissa thinks I got this. You know, I got this. Did I really just say that? Um, <laughs> um, that uh, you know, and just just knowing that, and and um, Aaron from our Ragnar team, when I had, I had tweeted and I was debating not putting up that live tracking thing that um, that you ended up then putting on the website, and and ultimately I was grateful for that. But um, when I said something, I was like, oh, I'm, I don't know, do I want that? You know, I thought it would be like a pressure. And Aaron tweeted and she said, you know, um, carry the mother runners in your heart, not on your back. And I was like, yeah, that's that's the ticket. And well, so- that's it. That's it, Sarah. And I mean, you know, they wouldn't have, you know, it's not like they would have thought less of you if you came in at 402. You still put yourself out there, you know. So, I mean, they just want to cheer for you no matter how it's going. And especially when it's going harder, they, you know, they want to cheer for you harder, you know. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. I know that. But I just thought that I would, you know, that I put enough pressure on myself. And I thought I would feel added pressure from feeling that everybody was so um, watching and counting on it and things like that. And instead, I just felt so much of their confidence and their optimism and their faith and their belief in me. And that was very empowering to me. Yeah, no, it's very, it's, it's, it's amazing to walk, to run a race with, you know, however many women watching over you. It's very, especially a race that means a lot. I mean, that's, mm-hmm. that's, we're in a very special position and very lucky to be in this position to have that. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely, I definitely felt that on Sunday. So I, de- I you know, um, I felt the psychic vibes of people out there, and I felt that strength, and I drew from it. And so I'm very grateful. So thank you. And I awesome. think that you feel that because that's what you put out. Oh, I mean, you really do. You when you talk about these other mother runners from your blog and stuff, you are sincerely rooting for them. Oh, yeah. Well, thanks, thanks, Molly. So I know. That um, you mean that for both me and Dimity. So thank, I, thanks yes, from the both of us. Absolutely. Yes. No, only Sarah cheers for them. I, I, <laughs> so I secretly want to trip them. <laughs> but you guys are their ankles, right? Right. You are very sincere in your in your mission to support oh. women runners, which That's is great. Awesome. Well, thanks. Thanks. So, um, so, if so you, quick, quick question. Yes. This is totally changing the the subject, Molly. But, um, but. Would you, would you, like, what are you going to do now? Like, are you going to try and train for another 26.2 or are you going to, um, like, what are you going to do? I'm just curious just because, you know, I bet you about a bunch of people have been in your position. 
at this point, I don't feel really any need to do 26.2 right now. I'm not going to do it in uh-huh. November. Or, or It just that seems kind of silly. So, you know, the when the mood hits me, I'll do it again. It just sure. when it feels right, it'll it'll feel right. But, yeah, I don't really have any goal at the moment. Mm-hmm. I've got some sewing to do. I've got some TV <laughs> to catch up on. <laughs> <laughs> There's more Game of Thrones to be read there, and watched. There, and... Well, hopefully there'll be a new book soon. Let me tell you. <laughs> oh, you finally caught up? Did no, you? Well, I've been caught up. I'm waiting for him to make, make, write another book, as everybody else is, and he better do it soon. We're getting antsy here. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. And so, when when are you guys gonna have you run together yet? Victoria, I we, can't imagine you have. No, we, but we went to uh, went I, to the gym this morning. We went to the gym this morning because Molly's allowed to take a guest, two guests to um, La Fitness, yeah. and um, so uh, I asked her if I could tag along because there's a pool there. So I got to go swimming this morning, which I just forgot how much I love swimming. It makes it's me so funny because I after after watching you or not really watching watching your time, I was like, oh, I think I'm gonna go get in the pool. I haven't been in the pool in a long time, <laughs> and I did. So there you go. Yeah. It all comes back to swimming. Yeah. So uh, so that was fun. So um, yeah, no, tomorrow's another rest day, and um, I don't I haven't looked ahead. I mean, because I got to jump back onto training for Philly. So yeah. I don't I don't know what Bree has on tap for us this weekend. Yeah, well, I'm looking forward to our long runs. Yes. So we can discuss all sorts of yeah, yeah, locust plagues and right, because <laughs> architectural <we> are... <laughs> styles. And right. and dahlias, lots of dahlias. dahlias baby names. <laughs> Pressing matters. Right. Oh, and I, I will say, Dimity, I think I ran past two coins on the marathon and I let them be. Those two pennies? No, I saw a silver. Oh, uh, my goodness. Yeah, I, I passed by some silver. Oh. It could have even been a toonie, you know? Oh. <laughs> Well, to say it's Canadian money, it's not worth much, so, you know. On behalf of everybody, we congratulate you, Sarah, for for achieving your goal. It's awesome. We can't wait to follow you through Boston. Hopefully, the Mother Nature yeah. cooperates in 2016 for us. Yes. yes. And um, and Molly, thanks for coming in. It's so fun to hear your voice because we hear a lot about you, but um, but it's nice to hear your experience. And I'm glad you you nailed that 13.1 to the wall. So good job on that. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. 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 So. Um, so for, for more of, of us, there is on Facebook, we are Run Like a Mother, the book. Our websites are anothermotherrunner.com and motherrunnerstore.com. And you can go to our website if you want to join us in Little Rock next April, right before, um, same weekend, right before Boston Marathon. Uh, we are having a four-day retreat, running retreat, our first ever, where you can run and refresh and just have a really great time. Um, go to our website, anothermotherrunner.com, for info on that. On Instagram and Twitter, we are at The Mother Runner. Our books, Run Like a Mother and Train Like a Mother, and Tales from Another Mother Runner, are available on Amazon.com. And whatever distance you are running, many happy miles to you. And don't walk when you eat your goo. <laughs> 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 <laughs>